Welcome to the Precast, the Presearch Community Podcast. Presearch is a decentralized, community-driven search engine project. Visit presearch.org and join the search revolution. So hello and welcome everyone to the Precast. Uh, my name is Catherine and joining us today is Michael O'Rourke. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Great. Thanks. Um, so I want to introduce you to our audience a little bit. Um, and I want to start by saying that you are a blockchain investor, developer, and from what I gather, and by gather I mean stocked, um, you're, you're specializing in iOS apps development and solidity, so the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and you're also an entrepreneur. You're the CEO and co-founder of Pocket Network, and you're the host and organizer of the Tampa Bay Blockchain Developers Meetup. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So my stocking was successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we're also going to talk a little bit about your um, project later, I hope. Um, but my first question is, as an educator, uh, what do you think is the best way to educate people about blockchain and cryptocurrencies? Because, you know, it's a very complex uh, topic, so it's not, not that easy to understand. And also, um, what's the best or the easiest way to teach people about these topics, um, especially also maybe traditional developers who are, you know, interested in blockchain programming. Um, maybe they want to learn how to um, program in Solidity. So uh, basically, what, what's the best way to teach and learn blockchain in your experience? Yeah, uh, I, I would separate that question into kind of like two groups of people, right? You have developers who, you know, are, are understand classical development and, and, the, and the whole life cycle. And you have people who are kind of uh, just curious about crypto in general who aren't, Aren't developers um, for the part for 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 people who are developers? Uh, the leap isn't something uh, too crazy. Actually, uh, we have something called object-oriented programming, and uh, really, blockchain development, uh, at least at the uh, solidity level, isn't that much uh, different. Actually, um, the real big difference is that you're kind of writing to a global distributed database instead of one that that you control or some company controls, right? So, so outside of that, um, that's kind of the big mind blowing thing when, when you see new developers kind of, you know, use MetaMask or, or, you know, do, use some JavaScript to connect to MetaMask and they're like, oh, wow, that I didn't need a database for that, but I authenticated someone, right? <laughs> so, so once you get kind of get past that, um, that leap, um, it's, it's really not that different actually. And that's what kind of Ethereum did in the first place. They actually took this thing that, uh, you felt, you felt you had to be kind of like a, uh, like a PhD in crypto economics or mathematics to be able to contribute, you know, back in 2013, 2014 with Bitcoin to, on the development. Like it is a very heady, complex thing. And what just Ethereum did generally and what these other blockchains are doing now, because you see all these other smart contracts platform, smart contract platforms coming out now is they're, they're lowering that barrier of entry for developers. And uh, for me, that's a really, uh, really big thing. Uh, they made it, you know, much easier for, for people like me to be able to, to build interesting, useful stuff on their platforms and to, be able to actually build, you know, decentralized applications, right? Uh, so that's the developer side. Uh, the, the other side, uh, I, I actually studied uh, history in school and I find that it's really, and in college, and, and I find that it's really 
one of the best ways to get people interested and curious about crypto is kind of giving them the historical context of how this came to be, right? Because Bitcoin came out in 2009, but it's really based on research from over 40 years of cryptography and distributed systems um, science, right? People have put out dozens of papers that have really uh, contributed to to where you know to to, to how Satoshi and, and and how Bitcoin was put together. Actually, um, so I like to give people uh, the context from you know this guy created uh, this thing called DigiCash in the '80s. Um, if you you know there, there's a cryptographer named Ralph Merkel who created these things called Merkle trees that really all of crypto is based off of right now, and that was back in the '60s, uh, '60s and '70s. And, um, you know, all the algorithms that have been really battle tested for 20, 30 or 40 years um, helps kind of give people confidence in this kind of esoteric, abstract thing. Right. And then you give people, you know, the hard numbers of, you know, finding, you know, the odds of finding randomly picking someone's address is like finding one grain of sand in the universe. Right. And literally the Milky Way, <laughs> you know, so when you put the kind of context uh, for, for people who don't really understand crypto or, or are new to it. Um, it kind of helps it make uh, make the concepts a little bit more more palatable for them. So, so that's kind of uh, the, the approach that I take that I that I really like giving to people. I I really love that view. I have to say, um, that's a pretty interesting approach to like go back in history and to also show people probably that um, that crypto isn't just this new fad that's just you know here for one or two years and then it's gone again and it's just. Uh, some random thing on the internet or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great approach to things and to show people that there's actually um, a lot of substance to it and that um, that you can really trust the cryptography behind it. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a pretty great answer, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he really just took, I mean, Satoshi really just took a couple existing technologies and put them together in a novel way. And that was it, right? I mean, these technologies are being used every day and, and, and things that we use uh, literally in applications that we use every day. And he just took them and, and put them in a, in a novel way. And that's, that's how it was invented, right? So it's, it's pretty awesome. Of course, of course. It's not, and it's not always about reinventing the wheel, right? It's just about making the wheel better, right? <laughs> and yeah, um, exactly. more user-friendly and more secure. Um, and the other thing is I think that um, you're absolutely right. I think that some people and probably maybe also some um, young developers are kind of uh, a little bit scared of crypto and they think that it's super complicated. Um, but I, I, like you said, I think it's actually, um, once you get used to it and once you get into it, I think it's actually pretty easy to learn and um, a pretty great experience for most people, I'd say. And it's, yeah, like, it's yeah, a great it's skill to have in these times. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. I think the scariest part is that when you deploy something, it's just, you, you can't change it, right? So that's yeah. kind of the, biggest, the biggest risk, right? And, and, you know, the whole industry is kind of learning together. Uh, and, and things are just getting more secure and, and easier to use over time. So, you know, it's, it's just getting better. <laughs> We're still young. It's not, it's, yeah. it's barely 10 years. So. Absolutely. It's a very young industry. So yeah, Pr pretty exciting anyway. Um, okay, so for my next question, um, I would like to ask you, uh, what do you think are the best ways to advance and promote the adoption of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology? Because I think that's just so important to, um, you know, to have that reach and to really get people to use crypto, um, just so we can move forward and really make this, um, 
a huge thing for everyone around the world, you know, to make it really, to make it so that really everyone can, um, can use crypto and is willing to do so. Um, so how, how can we promote crypto adoption, um, A, on like a, a local level? Um, so how can, you know, people um, get their own communities interested in cryptocurrencies um, and also be on the, on the global level? Um, what, what are your thoughts? How, how could we, um, you know, get the adoption going? Yeah, I think on the local level for sure, just create or go to your go to the meetups. I mean, find what you're interested in, and and um, just kind of be a leader in your community because people uh, will really. Um, well, a lot of us in crypto are used to, especially back back in 2013, 2014, uh, are just used to being you know we're just used to being on Reddit and and the internet, but to be able to to talk about it with people around you is is really important and. I mean, to be honest, uh, locally and globally, the best way is just to talk about it. <laughs> um, this, yeah. this wave of people. I mean, I remember back in 2013, I'd be hearing um, Andreas Antonopoulos talking about how he was telling Bitcoin to his uh, Uber driver, right? And, and the thing is, is people really see your excitement, your genuine excitement when you really understand it and you really kind of have gone down the deep end or the rabbit hole <laughs> of crypto in general. And, and it kind of just shows when you just talk about it with people, right? So, so when you have meetups and you have new people come in, they start to see your excitement and they start to get curious. And maybe it takes them, you know, three, four, five, ten times to really kind of take their first deep dive into it, you know, going to the meetups or just talking to people. But eventually, you know, people, when you see enough people excited about it, that will kind of make you curious, right? Um, and, and I think just generally, like, just that word of mouth and I think just people talking about it. And, and what's great now is that uh, there's less of a stigma on, on blockchain and crypto in general than there was, you know, three, four years ago, which is great. Um, people still don't understand it as much, but uh, because frankly, I think, I think a lot of us are in our own bubble here in crypto world. Like the crypto <laughs> bubble is still really small and I think it seems bigger than it really is. But um, yeah, I, I still think just talking about it to people and, and people just really sense and feel your excitement about it. Um, I mean, and still on a global level, it, this is, this industry is so, so new that it's really, it's still really hard to use crypto, uh, in any, in really any sense of the word, right? And, and that's just going to take time. It's going to take people building the tools to make it easier for people to be able to use crypto. And, you know, it, it, again, it just, that just takes time for, for people to be building that, right? But, uh, generally it just being able to talk about it, um, being able to, uh, be straightforward. If someone, you know, one thing that I've definitely noticed is you definitely get a lot of um, dishonest people or scammers because of the industry and, you know, the money that this, this place attracts. Um, it's always important to have a group of people locally that can kind of be the anti-scammer group of people who, who are just honest and just, you know, are just want, you know, just want to get the education out and not really necessarily selling something. So I think that's an important aspect too with, with the local stuff. But I mean, really just, I mean, it's, it's really, it, it's just talking about it, you know, and eventually that network effect gets bigger and bigger. And I mean, we've seen, we've seen it. I mean, look at the industry today, right? It's, it's gotten much bigger than it was in 2013 and 2014. So yeah, I think, I think just talking about it is, <laughs> is probably the best way outside of just getting the tools so that people can actually use the stuff as well. 
Yeah, I, I have to say I, I agree. And um, it's funny, last episode with, uh, with Sasha Hodder, we actually talked about um, kind of a similar thing. And she told me that what she does is she um, she tells people um, when she's at a restaurant or somewhere, she, she asks if she can pay in Bitcoin, right? Even, you know, if you know you can pay in Bitcoin, probably you still ask just to get the word out and just to get people thinking, you know? Um, so I think just, you're right, talk about it anywhere right like with anyone um with your uber driver or um your waitress or whoever right um so yeah i think that's that's very true and i think that we all um, have to work together um to move forward right so it's not when people say crypto is going nowhere this is all just a bubble and i'm like well it's it's on all of us to make this work and make this happen right every single person and you don't have to be a developer you can just tell people about it get them curious and interested and um, cause it's really all about the, the network effect. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, let's talk a bit about, um, you know, uh, the, uh, entrepreneurial side of things a bit. Um, so in your experience, uh, what's the hardest thing about starting a, uh, crypto company and what have you learned so far? Um, are there some things that you wish you'd known beforehand? Um, and then after that, also, uh, maybe you want to tell us a bit about the Pocket Network and, uh, you know, hunting bananas on the blockchain Pokemon style, because I, <laughs> I saw something about that too. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, tell us a bit about your experience and then a bit about your project. Sure. I think right now, uh, for us, at least one of the hardest things has been kind of breaking through the noise. Uh, we're, I, f I feel like we're one of the few people actually building stuff and a lot of people, uh, in the space, um, it, it's, it's hard to get through the noise. It's hard to kind of break through and, uh, get people's attention because, uh, really, I mean, I feel like ICOs and, and, and everything have kind of put an odd, you know, a different, uh, twist on the whole industry. And, you know, when you say, Hey, you've got a white paper, or you've got this product and, and everything, um, sometimes it's hard for people to take you seriously until they really look into what you're building, right? Um, so that's one thing I've definitely learned is is how do you communicate these things and in a way that um, that makes sense? Uh, because we're we're building infrastructure, right? It's not um, it's not something like a prediction market or um, land or or property or or something that uh, most people can understand easily. Um, so it's been a kind of like a doubly uh, communication thing. Um, so I'd say communication and, and just kind of getting through, uh, getting through the, the noise has been, uh, one of the more difficult things. Um, in terms of pocket, uh, pocket network at its core, the protocol it, we're, we're building, we're actually building on blockchain. And what the blockchain is, is, is there for is to actually pay people for running full nodes. Um, there's a, there's an incentivization problem with, with really all blockchains right now. And, and miners get, paid for mining, but for running like a full Ethereum or Bitcoin node, uh, you, you actually don't get paid for that. So really what Pocket is trying to solve is is the node incentivization problem, which is uh, allowing people to get paid for running full nodes. And the other part of that is is we're building tools to be able to access those nodes, right? So it's you can have them running, but if people can access them, they're kind of they're kind of useless. So uh, we're kind of building the tools to do that. And that's a suite of developer tools that we've built. And uh, we built this app called BananaQuest using our tools and using our nodes. And uh, we felt like it was a fun way to show people um, how to use our tools and what are the interesting things that mobile developers could uh, build using the blockchain. Uh, because I, I think there's a gap 
in, in communication, speaking about communication, uh, because crypto people understand the potential of crypto, but you know, you have a bunch of mobile developers that there's over a million mobile developers in the world and most of them don't, don't do crypto <laughs> and to be able to communicate with an app that we built, Hey, you might have some new revenue opportunities or some new game mechanics that, um, you can build some really novel things that you can build, uh, to get people, uh, to have, you know, interesting ways for people using your apps. Uh, so we built Banana Quest. Uh, it's a, uh, it's like Pokemon Go and geocaching combined. And, uh, we're super excited. We built it at a hackathon in, uh, East Buenos Aires, actually, uh, about a month ago. And, uh, we got some really good feedback on it and we felt like this was a really great opportunity to kind of show the world, uh, the awesome things you can build, uh, using the pocket network tools and infrastructure. And we plan on releasing it. Uh, uh, actually, the test flight invites will be going out next week. So we're super excited about that. Awesome. That's that really that sounds pretty, pretty awesome, I have to say. Um, and I mean, I guess you're right about the, um, you know, this noise thing is really I think that's really a problem in crypto because there are so many projects and everybody's just trying to jump in the bad bandwagon and really just put out a, a really bad white paper, you know, in a website and boom, there you go, ICO, you know, but there's nothing behind it. So it's really hard to um, be heard as a good solid project. And it's really, I think, hard for the average person to really, um, you know, decide, okay, is this a legit project? Is it not? Is it, you know, is it maybe even a scam? Um, is there a solid project behind it and the product and the, and the working product? Um, so yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's been interesting too, cause we're building this in kind of a non-traditional place, right? Like, like I live in Tampa, Florida and my co-founders live in the Dominican Republic and uh, Colombia. So, so, you know, we're not in Silicon Valley. We're not in, we're not in, you know, Berlin or UK or New York yeah. or anything like that. So, so that's kind of another hurdle that, that we've had to cross, but it's been great actually uh, building it down here and, and kind of building the community out here as well. In fact. Awesome. Yeah. And I think you, you have to um, also engage communities all over the world, right? Not just in Silicon Valley and, you know, Switzerland and wherever crypto is popular anyway, but really um, make this an international thing, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's, that's great. And um, I really love the idea of um, the pocket network as well. And, um, and of course, um, everyone, you can find um, all of the links and also the GitHub link um, in the description below. So if anyone wants to check it out, uh, which I highly suggest, then you can just uh, click the, link, the links in the description. Yeah. And yeah, we, have, we, we actually have, I mean, our tools work today right now. So if you go check our GitHub um, Everything uh, for at least Ethereum right now is working and we plan on adding uh, more blockchains shortly. So we're very excited about it. Yeah, that's great. You know, you should, you should all start hunting bananas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> coming, coming near you. <laughs> yeah. <A banana>. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's all go banana hunting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, another thing that, um, that you're doing is you're hosting the Tampa Bay Blockchain Developers Meetup. So I would like to pick your brain on what's the atmosphere at those meetings? Um, what, are, what are the developers working on? What are they thinking about? What are they interested in? And where do they see this space um, headed in the next uh, one to three years, let's say? Yeah. Um, so I got into de Ethereum development at uh, the end of 2016. 
So kind of like shortly after the DAO hack is when I kind of got into the Ethereum development, which I don't know about the timing, but uh, that's when I got into it. And, and I just found myself wanting to uh, talk about it with other people. And just, you know, I had a ton of questions, you know, there wasn't that much documentation back then. And, and just to be able to have a place where you could go and ask real, you know, technical questions and, and just really talk about, you know, smart contracts and just, you know, interesting, interesting things to build. Um, that's kind of why I started the meetup. Um, so it was interesting because at the time, at least here in Tampa, th there weren't many people who, who really uh, knew blockchain development uh, at all. And uh, the first couple meetups I did were actually kind of just, hey, come work in your project uh, and, and, you know, let's just talk about it. But the problem was, is that, is, was that no one had any projects because no one was really working on it. <laughs> so, so, so I found that the best approach at the time was actually just hold um, kind of solidity tutorials. And, and that's what really got people interested was, oh, okay, there's someone teaching me, because uh, I, I, I had spent the hours and the days kind of banging my head against the keyboard learning uh, some of the things. And I was able to kind of uh, show that to uh, the people who wanted to come, right? So, so that ended up being the more successful format until we actually started just having enough people who were doing it on, the, on their own. And, um, and now we have a bit of both. We do the, the, the tutorial still because there's always going to be uh, new people wanting to come learn, uh, you know, in a physical space. And uh, we also just hold the same open code, uh, which was the original idea, which is, hey, come work on your project and let's get your development environment set up. And, you know, hey, if you have questions on this code or anything like that, uh, we can try to answer it. Right. So um, that seems to be uh, what, what gets people interested. Uh, a lot of people also um, who come seem to work for, at least here in Tampa, uh, and it might be a function of just being in Tampa, but work for some uh, corporate client and they're really interested in trying to integrate the blockchain in their, in their company, right? So there's definitely a lot of interest in Hyperledger and Corda and uh, Ethereum here, uh, more so than I'd even say Bitcoin for the newer people, actually, uh, which, is, which is interesting. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, they are definitely learning right away that the the immaturity of the tools are not there yet. And I, you know, we, we try, everyone kind of realizes, okay, this is kind of like a long thing. Let me learn how to build, you know, these crypto economic systems and how I can really integrate this, you know, learn how to integrate, integrate this into my company. Because I think, I think people are also seeing opportunities in their own uh, companies because I, I think these companies internally are, uh, really talking about blockchain in a very kind of abstract way. It's like, hey, we're doing blockchain research. And I think a lot of people are starting to see opportunities. Oh, if I can learn this stuff, I could potentially, you know, move up or integrate this or really just, you know, do something, you know, do something new at my company, right? So, so that seems to be uh, really interesting uh, to a lot of people. Uh, well, we also get the other side, which is just kind of like the startup side, which is just people, hey, I have my idea, I have a ticketing idea, I have a, you know, a decentralized art idea, and I want to learn how to build it, right? So, so we definitely see, see both sides of the coin here, here in Tampa. And um, in, in, in a few years, uh, everyone kind of, it seems like everyone's confident that the scaling solutions will have been figured out and the toolings will, will have gotten better. So, so that's why everyone's kind of, everyone understands everyone's in here early and, and just learning. So it's been, it's been really fun, actually. Uh, the, and, the, and the developers are growing and learning and, and we're all kind of doing it together. So it's, it's, it's really fun. Sounds like a great community. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, I think Tampa Bay in general is a unique uh, place uh, for crypto because Florida in general isn't really a super tech forward place, right? But 
because Tampa Bay is so spread out, those of us who um, are into crypto are the ones who kind of look for it. And there's really only one place in Tampa Bay that 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 people can go to. That's a real, you know, legitimate, solid place that people can go to to, to learn about this stuff. So it's been interesting. We've actually just become a like the, not not just the Tampa Bay blockchain developers meetup, but just the general blockchain community here in Tampa. Um, we we work out of a place called Blockspaces. Uh, it's just become a a lightning rod for for all blockchain and really you know as far you know several hours north and south of Tampa Bay. So so it's really interesting actually that and it's actually caused that the community to become kind of like a really strong nucleus, which um, which you don't see in many other places. Which which I think uh, helps helps the blockchain developers meet up and just the the the, the community here in general. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, every, everyone listening from Florida, maybe you should come check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please come. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So for my last question, um, I would like to know what are your favorite decentralized projects? I mean, besides your own, obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> at the moment. Um, so what kind of projects do you like? Um, and also, of course, I would like to know what you think about the pre-search project. Yeah, so right now, um, what I'm paying attention to most in terms of the general crypto space is the research on uh, sidechains and plasma um, and just general uh, sharding uh, solutions. So um, right now for me, Archain and just Ethereum has always been really interesting to me. Um, we, we originally started building our our company on Ethereum, but unfortunately, it wasn't really enough for what we needed. So I ended up going to uh, going to build our own blockchain. But um, generally speaking, I, just the research that's happening in in Ethereum and in Archain about um, this idea of sharding and in Archain, it's called uh, they're called namespaces. But um, I just I, I, I'm really for me that's 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 really going to be one of the really good solutions uh, for this you know the scaling. Uh, problem that every blockchain has so i'm just i'm just really like there's a plasma call and frankly a lot of it's over my head but you know there's like an ethereum researchers plasma call on youtube that's super interesting that you kind of just hear the the framework in which you know some of these people these researchers think about the these problems and it's just really fascinating to hear and learn from them um so yeah, in terms of that, in, in terms of decentralized projects, it's more of just the research of sidechains and plasma, and you, you know you have things like RSK and Bitcoin, um, you know that 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 really are, in my opinion, can help um, open things up for for crypto in general, for usability and just scalability um, in, in in general. So I'm super super excited about that. Um, in terms of pre search, I find this really interesting because. Back in the 90s, you had these web portals and you had these um, kind of curated uh, curated lists, right, on Yahoo and some of these other older portals that people would kind of just put on, you know, the, the, the Yahoos of the world would be the, the gatekeepers of, of the portals, right? And then Google came along and did this algorithmic thing and, and has really, uh, you know, taken, you know, most of the market in, in the search and stuff and has taken certain liberties in our, in our data and stuff, which is funny because I've actually started using uh, uh, DuckDuckGo for the last uh, three months, actually. And it's, it's, it's almost good enough. It's, it's good enough. And I really find myself rarely ever using Google now, which is great. And it's great that we have more options. And now we have pre-search, which is kind of like uh, a, a, it, it, everything is cyclical. And now it's becoming a more curated uh, version of search again. 
And I, I think this, anti, it's not anti-algorithmic, but it's another option to this algorithmic um, set of choices that's almost like social media. It's like an algorithm will never show me what the people I'm following on Twitter will show me, right? And I kind of see pre-search as that kind of next step where with search, I'll see this other set of, of answers that, that would, you know, would be completely different than I would see otherwise. So for me, that's super, super interesting um, with, this, with this curation set and people being able to earn, um, earn the pre-token and everything like that. So, so I'm super excited about you guys and, and, and to see you know, what, these, uh, what this will show for, for the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and yeah, there, there's um, lots of exciting stuff to come. I can, I can only say this much, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty great. You just have to be a little bit more patient. So I guess that's probably it for today because I have no more questions so far. <laughs> um, and I just want to say thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time to join us today. Um, we really appreciate it. And I know that, you know, the crypto space is crazy busy. So thank you for taking the time. No, thank you, Catherine, for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and like I said before, of course, all of the links to your, your projects and everything and the meetup will be in the description. So thanks again and bye. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. If you like this episode, then please subscribe. And if you want to stay updated on everything pre-search, be sure to follow our social media channels. The links are in the description. 